What is up, my friend? Welcome to episode number 33 of the Anthony Johnny Mix podcast. And today I'm going to be talking about how to like overcome adversity and difficult times in life. And since today is a Sunday sermon edition, you better buckle up because I will be bringing you some spiritual meat, like medium rare or however you like your steak. You know what I'm talking about? So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Anthony John Amex podcast, helping entrepreneurs break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. Prepare to open your mind to the proven tactics and strategies the world's leading intellects have used to avoid a stagnant career and achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. It's time to increase your levels of power with your host, Anthony John Amex. All right, so welcome back. Now, I can't believe we already have like nine reviews on iTunes already. And I want to read one of the latest reviews because uh, the things that people write, man, they just like really inspire me to keep on going, keep on putting out this podcast. And so it's one of the newest reviews. It's from uh, Attorney Allison. She says it's an amazing podcast to create the life you desire. And she goes on to say, new listener to the podcast. And I must say, I'm loving it. The Sunday sermons are definitely my favorite. I'm always trying to learn more about mindset. And this podcast is just what I needed. I've added this podcast to my daily Uh, my list of daily listens as I get ready for work. So Allison, if you're listening, thank you so much. I really appreciate you for taking time out of your day to share your kind words of encouragement like me and just from the bottom of my heart, just thank you. And for those of you who haven't left a review on iTunes yet, like, what are you doing? I'm I'm just kidding. I'm not going to throw shade at you. It's all good. Yet if you head on over to iTunes and leave me a review, just know there's a pretty darn good chance I'll give you a shout out um, here on this podcast. So I just like really appreciate the feedback because it lets me know I'm making a difference and uh, it lets me know like what I'm doing is serving you. So please, please, please keep those reviews coming. Please give me the feedback, man. I don't care if it's good, bad, and different. Like I don't, I don't care. Just feedback is fantastic. So today we're going to be talking about how to overcome adversity and difficult times in life. And last week I talked about conquering coronavirus and the keys to overcoming fear and anxiety. And this whole corona thing, man, like it's had a big, big, big impact on the economy already. My wife, she works in the hospitality industry for some of the big players in that space. And one of the CEOs of the big hotel corporations, he sent out a video to his corporate executive team telling them that this virus, right, has already had an economic impact greater than that of 9-11 and the Great Recession combined. And it's crazy to think about to me. I mean, because we're just like two weeks into this whole thing here in America, And um, he's asked his team members to like take a 50% uh, cut in pay for the next 60 days. And then they're going to reassess some things. Now, the reason I'm sharing this with you is because this virus is having a massive economic impact and its rippling effects are already creating an environment of adversity for a lot of people. Now, on the flip side of that, I have personal clients of mine that are in a totally different industries. And uh, they're totally outside, of course, hospitality, but they've, you know, closed $40,000 or more this week, had another client close like $15,000 this week. But my point is, is for a lot of people, like the difficult times are here and they're worried, right? And this adversity is just right around the corner. And here in Texas, we have a saying of when times get tough, the tough get going. And in the season that we're entering, it's going to require a bit of this. But if we're not careful and if we don't stay woke, We're going to make this harder than it really needs to be. So today I just wanted to really talk about like how do we overcome like this difficult time from a place of power? 
Like, how can we find peace in this adversity and emerge victorious during and also on the other side of this economic downturn? And so I think we can learn a lot from a prophet named Joel. In Joel 2, it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large and mighty army comes. Such as never was in ancient times, nor ever will be in ages to come. Before them fire devours, behind them a flame blazes. Before them the land is like the Garden of Eden, behind them a desert waste, nothing escapes them. They have the appearance of horses, they gallop along like cavalry, with the noise like that of chariots, they leap over the mountaintops like a crackling fire consuming stubble, like a mighty army drawn up for battle. At the sight of them, nations are in anguish, every face turns pale. And then in verse 9, it says, They rush upon the city, they run along the wall, they climb into the houses like thieves, they enter through the windows." Before them, the earth shakes, the heavens tremble, the sun and the moon are darkened and the stars no longer shine. The day of the Lord is great. It is dreadful. Who can endure it? So as you can see in his day, the people of Judah experienced this massive attack of what they called like, quote unquote, locust, right? Which some scholars say is a metaphor for like this foreign nation believed to be the Assyrians. And they just pretty much destroyed everything. And if that wasn't bad enough, then like this terrible drought hit the land immediately after that. So essentially these quote unquote locusts, they came through, ate up all of the crops, and then the drought kept anything from growing and it crippled their economy and created a massive amount of suffering for not only the people, but for the land and the animals. And so this ancient story, it's a bit similar to the strange times that we're in right now. You know what I mean? So Joel came in to deliver a message to the people of that time. In Joel 2, verse 12 and through uh, 13, he writes, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Now, essentially, Joel came to tell the people that they had wandered away from their walk with their God, and he urged the people to return to their God with all of their hearts. Now, to be clear, I am not seeing any of this economic downturn is because people have sinned or because God is angry. That is, that is not what I'm saying. And I'm also not saying that our solution is returning to God as in going to church or needing to ask for forgiveness because we're lowly sinners. That's not what I'm saying either. See, I see this message of Joel through a completely, totally different lens. And what I'm about to say, let me just give you a little warning here. It may trigger you and you may think it's blasphemous. And I say this because if I heard what I'm about to say back in 2009, 2010, 2011, I would have thought what I said was crazy. See, I believe God is consciousness, like pure, unconditional love, pure potential expression. And I believe God, this consciousness lives in every single human being on the planet. And we're all here on this planet for God to have his or her own unique experience as me, as you on this planet. For if that wasn't true, then our soul would have simply stayed in the totality of pure consciousness. So when I hear Joel saying 
the people had wandered away from their walk with their God. What I hear is the people walked away from their awareness that they are consciousness. And when I hear Joel urging the people to return to their God, what I hear is him telling people to remember who they are, which is consciousness. Now, part of this human experience is understanding that we are both conscious and that we are also subconscious, meaning we are consciously aware of what we're doing and also we carry with us a subconscious expression that creates the very world that you and I individually experience. So let me try to explain this. One of my favorite authors of all time I've studied, and he's totally changed my life like massively, is an old writer who lectured in like the 1950s, and his name is Neville Goddard. Now, maybe you've heard of him, maybe you haven't, doesn't matter. In one of his books called Prayer, The Art of Believing, he writes, the subconscious is what man is. The conscious is what man knows. Now in John 10, 30, Jesus says, I and the Father are one, meaning the conscious and the subconscious are one. And in John 14, 28, Jesus says, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Now, Neville suggests that the conscious and the subconscious are one, the Father and I are one, but the subconscious, the Father, is greater than the conscious, meaning I, me, you. Is this making sense? In John 14, uh, 10 through verses 11, Jesus says, Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. So in this scripture, Neville suggests that you and I are objective consciousness. And as a result, by ourselves, we can do nothing. Yet the Father, meaning our subconscious, he doeth the work. Now, I just love Neville, man. Like, I hope this is making sense to you. I told you I'd be bringing you some tasty, spiritual, juicy meat in this episode. So I told you, buckle up. Now, Neville goes on to say, the subconscious is that in which everything is known, in which everything is possible, in which everything goes, from which everything comes, which belongs to all, to which all have access. And that what we are conscious of is constructed out of what we are not conscious of. Let that sink in for a moment. What we are conscious of is constructed out of what we are not conscious of. Meaning our conscious reality is constructed out of our subconscious. Now, after studying this stuff for nearly like five years now, this makes perfect sense to me. And it's a big reason of like how I came to know and understand the law of being. The law of being states the world will give you exactly that which you are at your core and your core consisting of the thoughts and feelings that you hold on to predominantly. Simply stated, your core thoughts and feelings are your subconscious. Now, Jesus was a master at this. And I know this because in John 14, 10 and 11, he says, it is the father meaning the subconscious, living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I, the conscious mind, am in the Father, the subconscious, and the Father, the subconscious, is in me, the conscious mind, like 
that's kind of a mindfuck, right? So what does this have to do with Joel? And what the hell does this have to do with overcoming adversity in difficult times? Well, it's a great question. And we'll get to Joel here in a second because he has a totally mind-blowing gift for us in his story. But first, let's get into what this has to do with overcoming adversity in difficult times. For most people, when times get hard like they are right now, they buy into their fears and their worries, and they forget who they truly are, which is the soul in control. And by the way, that's totally 100% natural. It's a natural response for our conscious, our human mind. And it's part of the reason I'm so avid with all of my clients to learn how to discipline their minds so they have control of their conscious mind rather than their conscious mind controlling them. In Joel 2, verses 12 and 13, I believe he's telling the people something similar. In verse 12, when he writes, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning. He's telling them to feel the feels. Allow your sadness and grief for what you've just experienced, like to pass through you. He's telling them to fast so they can tap back into their spirit. And like here in our modern day society, like many of us have forgotten this stuff. Like I sure as hell didn't grow up learning how to allow my emotions to pass through me and us like understanding things like fasting or breath work to tap into and experience God, spirit, consciousness, universe, whatever word that you want to call that thing. And for the past two weeks with everything that's been going on, like personally, I've been feeling like a lot of sadness and a lot of fear. And there have been several nights I've like had to go to my wife, Sarah, and I've been like had to tell her, hey, babe, I'm going to go into the other room. And man, I just got to go do a Kriya, which is like this ancient breathing technique that totally for me uh, and all the people I guide into that experience always gets me and other, everybody else like in tune with that thing that's way greater uh, than our minds. It's a path like fasting that allows me to transmute my fear and sadness into peace and power. It gives me a pathway to accessing a place of power where I know everything is okay. And it brings me out of my conscious mind of worry and fear into my subconscious where like I know in my bones, we're good. Like what's going on is, and I can't do a damn thing about it. Yet what I can do is manage my state and tune into my core. And from that place, I can source my own feelings of peace and power, and so can you. So if you want to overcome adversity and difficult times in your life, you better learn how to get out of your mind and into your body. Like You better learn how to shut down your thoughts of fear and worry and tap into the thoughts and feelings of safety and security and prosperity because your conscious reality is a full-on manifestation of your subconscious thoughts and feelings, guaranteed only always. In verse 13, Joel writes, Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. And I found time and time again, when you tap into the subconscious, when you learn how to experience the full-on subconscious, it is pure graciousness, pure compassion, pure unconditional love and peace that completely surpasses understanding. I was just telling one of my homies, Naeem, who lives out in like Maui, that I don't know how people deal with all of the stuff that's going on in the world right now without knowing how to tap into source. I mean, I do, but dude, like, fuck. Like, the suffering is real if you don't know how. And I'm so glad that I've personally invested in learning the deep skills of tapping into source before this whole thing went down. And if you're ever at a place where you're worried and fearful, I want you to remember and heed the words of Joel from the story. Understand, Joel is trying to tell you anytime you're worrying or fearful, he's saying like, hey, hold up. 
You've wandered away from God, yo. Like, hold up. Just remember who you are. Return to your God. And what he is saying is like, times are hard. The locusts ate your shit. The land is barren. It is what it is and it sucks. But don't forget that your subconscious thoughts and feelings create your reality. Like you, the conscious mind, don't forget you are the one with God who's the subconscious mind for in him all things move and have their being. Now, the story of Joel doesn't end here. Like, this is already pretty fucking juicy, but it gets better. In verse 18, it says, Then the Lord was jealous for his land and took pity on his people. The Lord replied to them, I'm sending you grain, new wine, and olive oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. I will drive the northern horde far from you, pushing it into a parched and barren land. Its eastern ranks will drown into the Dead Sea and its western ranks in the Mediterranean Sea, and its stench will go up. Its smell will rise, surely as he has done great things. Do not be afraid, land of Judah. Be glad and rejoice. Surely the Lord has done great things. Do not be afraid, you wild animals, for the pastures in the wilderness are becoming green. The trees are bearing their fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their riches. Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the autumn rains because he is faithful. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. The threshing floors will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. And then in verse 25, like this is the part I really want you to get. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. The great locusts and the young locusts, the other locusts and the locust swarm, my great army that I sent among you. You will have plenty to eat until you are full. And you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel, that I am the Lord your God, and that there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. Now, I don't know about you, but when my good friend Megalee Lee Calvin, like whom I have the privilege of coaching, shared verse 25 with me and I heard these, wor- these words, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. Like, it just like lit this fire in my belly. Like, I'm looking at this adversity thing and the potential of the difficult times like, bitch, you have nothing on me because I choose to remember who I am. I'm the soul in control. And from this place, nothing can come against me. And I will double down on controlling what I can control, which is my state of being and my subconscious impression. And I'm gonna take action on the things I can act on. And on the other side of this, I will be repaid for the years the locusts have eaten. Now, this message doesn't just have to do with this whole coronavirus and its economic impact. I mean, maybe you feel like possibly you've messed up your marriage, or maybe you feel like you made a bad business decision, or you just had to lay off employees, or maybe your self-doubt and your inner critic is so loud that it's hard to hear the voice of God, the voice, I call it the voice, that's trying to speak to you, trying to lead you. Maybe you lack the faith to make the move from good to great, or maybe you just bought a house or an investment property or stocks and you just didn't time the market right, or maybe your 401k just took a massive hit. Whatever it is, I want you to know this. Remember who you are, which is the soul in control. Tap into that and know you will be repaid for the years the locusts have eaten. 
You will have plenty to eat until you are full, and you will praise the name of your Lord, your God, who has worked wonders for you. Like this book of Joel is written for the people of God, which is like every single human being on the planet, because we're all God and human flesh here on earth to have a unique purpose. And if you will remember who you truly are and be and act from that place, you will be restored, guaranteed. So my invitation to you this day is this. How much time and energy are you choosing to give over to your doubts and fears and worries? And what may be possible for you this day and out into the future if you choose to tap in and remember who you truly are, which is the soul and control? Like how much more joy and peace and power and prosperity could you create from that place of remembering? Not only for yourself, but for your family and your friends and humanity at large. Now, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of the Anthony Johnny Mix podcast. I know this was a deep dive into overcoming adversity in difficult times, and you may actually want to go back and listen to parts of this or all of this a few times to really let it sink into your psyche. I really hope this serves you in creating your next level of expression, your next level of expansion here on earth. If you want some support or want to learn how to remember who you are, right, or you simply want to up-level everything you have going on in your life, I highly recommend you join my Shift 101 community. It's absolutely free. You can simply go to ajamix.com slash community, request to join. And in the coming days, myself and my good friend Jonathan Heston, we're going to be hosting a series of free trainings inside that community that will help you return to and level up your place of power inside your soul. And the fruit of that, I guarantee you, up levels everything. I've seen it time and time again in my own life and my client's life. It's just like predictable (laughs) almost at this point. So if you want access to those free upcoming trainings, simply go to ajamix.com slash community to request to join. It's absolutely free. Thank you so much for being here. If you know anyone that you feel would benefit from listening to this episode, just please share it with them. Until next time, my friend, I'm out. Peace. That's all for this episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. But we have plenty more to help you achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. Head on over to ajamix.com for exclusive resources, information, and tools to break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. We look forward to having you back for the next episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. Bye for now.